Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday, halfway through the week. Doug. How's it going today? Well, you tell me, because uh, <laughs> you taught this morning at SWAT your first time, yeah, wasn't it, to teach it all of them? Well, you haven't taught it all of them, but you taught it two of them, and uh, what'd you think of that? Yeah, you know, it was um, nerve-wracking, for sure, and uh, I just hope that God was able to, to, to use me in some way, so uh, it, it was good. The people were very gracious. Um, and didn't tell me to sit down or anything like that. So, uh, I appreciated it and it was a good, good learning. Yeah. 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 Well, you did a great job. I was glad that you did that and stepped up and, you know, um, the, uh, the guys were very nice to you, all the, all the SWAT guys. So, uh, yeah, I was glad you were able to do it. Now you're going to be teaching tomorrow at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, uh, on San Jose at six thirty. Love for you to join us. And then uh, Friday at um, down at the Village Inn in St. Augustine, but Thursday night on Zoom. So uh, you yeah. ready for that? You, you've been used to Zoom as a teacher, yeah, right? You've been yeah. Zooming a lot. Yeah. So, um, hey, I don't know if you saw this. This just caught my eye. Uh, and, <laughs> again, it's um, it, it's really it's just sad to me. Um, there was a Catholic high school, uh, was met with a banner, uh, that said, sniff, sniff, you smell that privilege with dollar signs on each. So did you see that? Yeah. And, um, that was the opposing team's thing. Uh, I I don't know. That's just kind of, I mean, why do they want to bring young people into this and try to get the kids involved in this? That's just wrong. Well, I think that is, um, but, that, but that's where they're headed. They want yeah. the kids, right? Well, I think that, that, that shows just how, um, deeply embedded this idea has come into the culture that I'm sure that those cheerleaders probably thought that up themselves and thought it'd be a funny thing. And, um, Matt, almost like in a harmless way, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it was just so in, it was just another way to kind of say, Oh, we're coming for you in this football game. And that, that has been so ingrained in the culture that, that's just there. Well, it, well, it's implied that this is a rich person's school. Mm-hmm. And one particular parent was a single mom that says, you know what? Uh, I, I am a single mom and I raise my son by myself and I work hard and I want my child to be in that school. I mean, like yeah. th- that, that's, you know, and uh, and that shows you know that this whole uh, you know the wokeness and stuff is it's about generalities, it's about generalizations, and about really uh, racist uh, tropes, I guess, if you will. Um, and it doesn't take into account individuals or individual stories and, and and personhood, and and it's a collective view of the world and offers collective responses, which are not good as far as um, 
what they they want and what it well, will flip do to the, them. flip the sign and make the sign about uh they don't even have good uniforms they can you know i mean I, or something i don't know to that effect that's just again uh why are we getting high schoolers involved in all these uh critical uh theory stuff i don't know i, I just really sad so. Yeah, you know, but it's not surprising at all. That's definitely um, been the trend line for the past, what, 100 years or so as far as molding the youth in order to eventually take the heart of the nation. And I think that's, you know, the spirit of the age, if you will, flexing its muscles saying, yeah, we got them. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, and I don't know if uh, you saw where the Florida sheriff down in Polk County, you know, they've had a lot of murders down mm. there. It's been a really tough year. and. He comes. He said, "You got to chill out, drink a Seven Up, and eat a moon pie." <laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Stop murdering your friends and family." I mean, they they just said this wow. is ridiculous. I mean, he's making a public plea because we, we it's just been a real crazy world that we're living in. Well, yeah, murders and uh, and mayhem really is up all around the country, particularly in in the, the major cities and stuff like that. And obviously that's been a trend that's been going on since last summer, uh, but it just continues to get worse. I mean, there's just heinous acts. I don't know if you saw, I believe it was in Philadelphia. About oh, the, yeah, the rape where yeah. everybody sat around and mm-hmm. nobody did anything. Yeah, and that, that, how do you not, how do you not, do something when a a person is being violated like that but if you walk in without a mask on you know that you know in certain places around the country you're going to get a hundred people saying hey put your mask on but a real violent crime won't do anything about and it, i just saw an article today that that guy was an illegal alien who uh, was a convicted criminal for other uh crimes and i believe other sex crimes as well but was not deported yeah that that doesn't surprise me um well, uh, I think you mentioned, did you mention yesterday or did we mention about the, the missionaries that they're wanting $17 million for those yeah. missionaries down there? Crazy. Uh, I, I That's a million dollars a person. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're going to get it. No. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just reminded me of the Burnhams who were missionaries in the Philippines and got kidnapped. And Martin, the husband, ended up getting killed in uh, mm. as they were trying to evade the authorities and stuff and you know um a lot of times people want to know why god allows his servants to go through stuff like this well because we live in a very broken and fragile world that uh, affects everybody and the pain uh, god's people are not immune from the pain we're not we, we are under his protection. He ultimately can protect anybody at any time. But he also, uh, if you look at the disciples who were closer to Jesus than anybody humanly, I mean, they walked with him for three years, and yeah. he entrusted the, the, you know, the future to them, and they all died martyrs except for John, and he was boiled, apparently mm-hmm. boiled and, and, uh, and, and exiled to Patmos. So, um, I, I just think that, uh, we live in such a time where the prosperity gospel has infiltrated even the evangelical church, the church of, uh, you know, is so influenced by that message that, well, if you just trust Christ, everything's going to be okay. It, it is ultimately going to be okay in eternity, 
and and you can enjoy God's peace this side of heaven in the midst of those incredibly chaotic circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you're going to have a full bank account. It doesn't mean you're going to have uh, physical health. It doesn't mean all your relationships are going to work out and everything's going to be fine. And if you think that's true for everybody, um, if if there's no problems in your life, if you're not experiencing any kind of suffering or persecution, you, you might want to be scratching your head because Jesus said, if you follow me, they're going to persecute you just like they persecuted me. And if you're not telling people about Jesus, if you're just content to say your prayer, be in the, be in the club and not do anything, then uh, you may not experience persecution. You know, you're going to experience pain because there's pain in the world. Sooner or later, your life's going to have some kind of painful event because the world is sin-soaked, and that produces things like people who uh, – hurt people on trains and everybody sit there watches mm-hmm. and does nothing pulls out their phones yeah uh people uh kidnapping missionaries people who are going down there to do good end up being um threatened harassed and who knows what's going to happen to them and we we need to pray for them but that's the world we live in yeah and you know i think that there's a lot of people who haven't counted the cost as far as following christ and um I think that, you know, there, the Bible does talk about persecution, though, and, you know, consider it pure joy if you uh, face trials of any kind and being counted worthy to suffer as Christ has. And, you know, I hope when that day comes for me that I stand strong in the faith in that way. So I don't want to say, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to be whatever. But there there should be an element if you've counted the cost and you've, and you've, and you've um, you know, really – grappled with that to have that peace but it's not a piece of oh everything's just going to work out all peachy uh you know hunky dory uh but that you know when when the trials come um and the persecution comes that's evidence that you're being about god's business well um you know i don't know if if i read uh, this uh, today that you know peter uh supposedly eusebius who was a church historian recorded that Peter, the the Apostle Peter, was made to watch his own wife's execution Mm. before he was executed. And I want you to stop and think about that. If you've been married for any length of time, think about the enormous pressure that would have been brought to bear on you to recant your testimony, to watch your wife publicly executed yeah. Or your spouse, your if you're a woman listening, your your husband, um, or your child, or your parent, whoever. And yet, when Peter saw his wife let out to die, it says he rejoiced because of her summons and her return home. Mm. And he called her to encouragely, incur- I mean, comfortly addressing her by name, saying, "Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord." I mean, think. Of, I mean, that that had to be an excruciating, but also God glorifying moment. You know. Yeah. And 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 to not be wanting, because uh, I, I know me be like, man, yeah, I'm be like, want to be like in uh, the Gospels, <laughs> you know, call down fire from heaven. Come on, God, get these people for you know enacting this injustice. But instead, um, encouraging her obviously was good, but also trusting in the lord's plan and uh, that's just a powerful testament to his his faith at that moment you know yeah 
Um, all right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Excuse me, and if you're just looking, boy. I'm getting a little yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you, you've been, uh, <laughs> been sharing ta- a, <laughs> talking too much today. See, now you can appreciate when I come in here on Wednesdays and <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like, <laughs> Yep, for sure, yeah. But okay, you- so here's what's crazy. Last year, I think it was last year, uh, maybe before last year, for a couple of years, I was doing three on Wednesday. I did a Wednesday morning. I did a Wednesday lunch SWAT, and then I did radio and then we did Wednesday night SWAT. Wow. And by Thursday, I was blitzed. And my <laughs> wife goes, why don't you move the Wednesday night one to Thursday when you only have one? I'm like, what a great idea. <laughs> Actually, it was hard because people like doing it on a Wednesday because that's when a lot of churches would go. Their mm. kids would go to church. But since we started doing Zoom, it's worked out great. And by the way, if you're listening and you want to connect on Zoom on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. That's D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. Or you can go to SWATradio.com, fill out a contact form in there, and just say, hey, I want to be in the Zoom SWAT meeting, and we'll send you a link, okay? So, yeah, so do that. Um as I was saying, though, before I stumbled over my words, if you are just joining us uh, and have not been uh, listening this week yet, we are in Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31. We've looked at about 20 through 24-ish, so we are going to be finishing up um, the passage today. If you have not heard any of it and would like to go back and listen, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one in just about an hour. And you can finish up and get caught up um, there. 
Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Uh, I was trying to remember, Taylor, Had did did we cover 23 yesterday, the gap in the year? Uh, remember, we were, did, did we cover that, the, the gap there in uh, the Axe account? Because it says when many days had passed, the Jews hmm. tried to kill him. I thought we talked about that. I think that we right did, yes. Um, um, and just a reminder, if you're just tuning in, uh, or you missed yesterday, um, we're looking at what happened right after Saul's conversion. And Saul, on the road to Damascus, had this incredible conversion experience that wasn't simultaneous. He, he, he did not see Jesus get baptized in the Holy Spirit at that very moment and start off on his new life in Christ. There was a three-day period remember last week we talked about that Hmm. three days three days of blindness three days of being in darkness does that remind you of any place else in scripture and we looked at jonah Mm -hmm. and we also looked when jesus was in the tomb for three days and god obviously wanted saul to really take in what happened on the road so often in our spiritual journey something uh, we'll get this incredible encounter with God. And then we're just off to go serve him and do something. Mm-hmm. Because God says, no, I want you for three days. You're going to not be able to see. And so he was blind for three days. And we picked up on that on Monday where it says immediately then after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he was a baptized to show the world that what had happened on the inside it says that immediately after that, he then proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, and we saw he was living out a new mission. And that's applicable for us here today, not just Saul. When we believe in Jesus, when we follow him, we're baptized by the Holy Spirit, and God calls us then to live out this new mission, and that's exactly what it was. From that point on, his mission was to proclaim Jesus. That was his mission. Well, the the new message was Jesus is Messiah. That we don't only live out a new mission; we proclaim a new message for Saul. His life message prior to that might have been summed up like this: that keep the law, you're going to be thrown in jail. Keep the if you know if you support Jesus and you follow Jesus, you're going to jail. Uh, that was kind of his message. He was trying to wipe out the followers of Jesus and wipe out Jesus' name. But now he's got a new message, and that message is Jesus is the incarnate Messiah. He is God in the flesh, and he says he proved from the Scriptures, which means he kept taking people back to the Old Testament, uh, the Torah, to uh, the wisdom books, uh, and the historical books to show that Jesus was Messiah. And today we're going to look at the last two uh, things that we, we talked about um on monday where we kind of laid out the week and that when we follow jesus and are baptized we also are called by god to trust in a new power and that's true for everyone who is his child everyone who is a believer god calls us to live by his power every day i think of galatians chapter three where paul says are you so foolish to think you were saved by the spirit but you're going to grow in your flesh You're going to grow in your own effort? No. In the same way that we trust God 
for eternity to save our sin from our sins and the penalty of our sins. He saves us daily and, and delivers us to live for him daily by the power of his Holy spirit. And so there's this new power. And I, I did an illustration today at SWAT at the end when I was kind of, kind of piggybacking on you, closing it up uh, about a pen. We're just instruments. And without the inner working of the spirit in our life, we're nothing. We're all condemned to die. There's nobody righteous. No, not one. Uh, We're like what Isaiah says is a filthy rag. The word there's literally a menstrual rag. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that would have been so unclean for a Jew. uh, But God wanted that picture there to say, you bring nothing to the table. And even to us, that sticks out as, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does. And, and so he wants us to trust in this new power. So we're going to look at that. And then finally, uh, and, and the basis for it all is that we follow a new master. I mean, we're no longer the master. Uh, we've been bought and paid for, chosen before the beginning of time. And Saul now has a new master directing him. He's not just directing his own steps. He, you know, when Saul um, went to the chief priest, he probably had received some kind of letter or some kind of message that, hey, in Damascus, there's believers in the synagogues and the all the synagogue people saying, we need help to get these people out of here. They're taking people out of the synagogues. And so he went to the priest, but he was his own master. He went up there. Uh, had that letter to give him the authority to go do what he thought he needed to do. But he clearly is following a new master, and we see that in the way he responded to several things in this text. So uh, I'm going to have you read today verses 23 all the way through 31, and we're going to kind of close out um, this this part of uh, Acts 9. All right. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Tarsus and sent him, oh, excuse me, down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The church had peace because God had flipped the enemy, Saul. And, um, you know, when you look at when it says when many days had passed, and and just again, going to Galatians, and not just Galatians, if you go over to 2 Corinthians 11, 32 to 33, it says when Paul's writing the church in Corinth, and he's kind of relaying his story, he says in 2 Corinthians 11, in Damascus, uh, the governor of King Aretas, King Aretas was kind of the head of all that region. 
And the governor of Damascus was kind of like the administrator of that state, mm-hmm. that area. And so in Damascus, the governor of King Aretas was guarding the city of the Damascenes in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. So Aretas uh, fourth ruled over there from about 9 B.C. to A.D. 40. And uh, he was the ruler of the Nabataean part of the Arabian Desert. And uh, that's a different part than Saudi Arabia. It's it's over near, not far from, I guess, Mount Horeb, uh, which over at Mount Horeb is where Moses and Elijah had gone to be with God, to commune. It's kind of like uh, a lot of people think that Paul had like a religious retreat out in the desert. Uh, and he was out in that desert communing with God, maybe being instructed in mm-hmm. things he already knew, but having it explained to him again, by the power of the Spirit. And so, um, but he was out there. Then he comes back to Damascus. And when he comes back is when they believe that they were going to kill him. He gets word of it, and they let him down through a basket. Now, he probably wasn't real crazy about going down in a basket. He Hmm. probably wanted to go back and evangelize. And, uh, but God obviously wanted him to go down in a basket. See the same thing in Peter and James. Uh, we're going to study about them in a couple of weeks. That you know, James was killed. Peter was thrown in jail, but then Peter spared. Why sometimes do we see them thrown in jail? And why sometimes are they crucified, or or head their heads you know taken mm-hmm. off? Because God is ultimately the one running the show. He's the master, and um, Paul realized that and this power of the holy spirit wasn't just for his own strength and power it was in the lives of other people like his disciples the spirit was moving in them emboldening them to put him down in the wall because they they risked being a death penalty Mm. too for helping him yeah and so when we come back we're going to pick up on that power again and look at verse 24 and kind of go through the text and talk about it all right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in folks in Georgia. And we'd also like to say give a shout-out to our listeners listening online, uh, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31. This week, today, we are finishing up by looking at verses 23 through 31. Um, and that is where we're at. We just read about um, Saul's escape. Actually, we just read the whole passage, but then we started talking um, about Saul's escape from Damascus. And Doug pointed to a passage in uh, Corinthians, the uh, second Corinthians, excuse me, where he talked about it was actually 
uh, not just that the Jews were looking at him for him, but the rulers. Yeah, in the area who were. was the governor yeah. under Aretas, uh, yeah, for that area, and uh, who was the king, uh, actually Aretas the fourth, and and so they were they they kind of but well because here's the thing about the civilian rulers, uh, whether it was Rome or Syria, whoever was in charge, they did not like it when the Jewish community got upset. Mm. Uh, they didn't want problems with people in their community. They wanted peace. And if there was a troublemaker who was causing riots, you know, they would generally pick them up, put them in jail, and they would have to find out what the what the commotion was about. But notice in this text over in um, Acts nine that it said when like, and we talked about when many days had passed, Saul had gone to the desert and he'd come back. Um, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. How did the plot become known to Saul? Mm. How did it become known to him? I would imagine someone told him. Yeah, but God's sovereign over yeah. that, right? Yeah. I mean, like, God wanted him to know, and when he knows, it says they were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples, whose disciples? Paul's disciples, this man had made disciples, even though, uh, he had not been there long. He had disciples. They took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And so Saul under the guidance of the Holy spirit said, okay, this is a time that I will flee. He didn't always flee. He got beat a bunch. But this time he fled. Verse 26, when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were afraid of him, for they did not believe he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly. Why did Barnabas do that? He knew who Saul was, right? Like, well, I mean, he had, he, had, he had seen the evidence of his life. I mean, I don't Barnabas know. Barnabas probably wasn't with him what, in someone had Damascus. Told him about he what He was, happened. but what, what was the la- when was the last time that Barnabas had witnessed Saul? Three years earlier. What happened three years earlier before he went on a tear? Or, or, or early, you know, maybe four years, somewhere between three and four years earlier. Oh, what? Yeah. With Stevens? Yeah. Barnabas was, remember Barnabas was yeah. there with, he knew what was mm-hmm. going on with Stephen. That's his last memory of Saul. And so why mm. now is he defending this guy? Well, somebody had convinced him, but more importantly than somebody, the spirit of God right. had told him. And I don't know if you and Ari uh, get this a lot of times, but Lori and I will talk about how, we can meet somebody and you just, your, your spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you a discernment mm. about them. You just feel a connection yeah. in the spirit with them. And uh, I think the spirit moved in Barnabas to go advocate. Why? Because he was an encourager. He is the son of encouragement mm-hmm. and, and he was an encourager. And so he took him and introduced him. And that new power 
of the Holy Spirit is not just for our own personal manifestation of that power, but that power also is revealed around us in how God, through the Holy Spirit, comforts us. How do you think Saul felt when he went to join the disciples and they they didn't want him to join them? Um, probably pretty dejected. And have lonely. you ever have you ever tried to join anything and had people go, "We don't want you." I, I mean, or, or, or I mean, it's, I you, are you trying to go into a social group or something? Yeah, and you feel it, that and you kind just of like, feel like yeah. we don't. Hey, you're you're not our type of people. We mm-hmm. don't want you here. Yeah, it would be pretty discouraging, but. The Spirit moved in Barnabas to say, hey, I'm going to go and 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 work through uh, Barnabas, and Barnabas is going to take down those walls. The walls were fear, mm-hmm. and Barnabas is going to come in there, and God through Barnabas is going to do it. And, you know, Barnabas took him. Uh, if you go back to the uh, Damascus part, his disciples led him down in a basket. That was the spirit working through these people to accomplish God's work. And and one day we're going to look back on our lives, maybe in heaven, um, probably maybe even here we will get to see it. But we're going to realize that God is weaving this masterpiece together and he's moving things together, uh, even like bringing you here to the radio. Yeah. You know, making you a part, you've been part of SWAT for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago, three years ago, you probably didn't even know what SWAT was. No, I knew you, and yeah, I knew yeah, you were doing something, but I didn't know much about it, yeah. Yeah, but God took you through the power of the Spirit and brought you into this realm uh, for a period. We don't know how long, Yeah, and and that's the thing we have to be careful of. There were times that Saul fled. There were times that he stayed. When we are led by the Spirit, because we have the new master now, it's God, it's not us anymore, we're, we don't operate based on principles of the world. We don't operate on outcome. If you start operating on outcome, you're going to get in problem into problems real quick. You become pragmatic, and you start thinking that the most important thing is outcome. Yeah. And if that was true, then Jesus was a failure, and he wasn't. He wasn't a failure. I mean, overall, the outcome has been phenomenal, but he never saw that. The disciples didn't see that. Uh, I mean, think about what happened the night before Jesus was crucified. All of those people that he poured into for three years deserted. They were gone. One naked, right? Yeah. He grabbed his clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them betrayed him, just flat out turned, flipped mm-hmm. and turned him in. That would be very discouraging. So I don't know if you're dealing with a discouraging situation right now in your life. I don't know if uh, you have something going on where you feel betrayed or you feel let down. You feel like um, the, you just feel like there's no hope for you. That's how the disciples felt the night before jesus died and you know what he says over in john 14 after he'd washed their feet after he told them all this was going to happen and they were going to leave him uh he says let not your heart be troubled Mm. believe in god believe also in me i mean 
don't you know in my father's house there's many rooms i go to prepare a place for you and it's better for you that i go away but they were so tuned in to their agenda they were so tuned into the outcome that they thought ought to be happening that they completely missed the most incredible news of their entire life yeah they didn't get it and and so much so that when it happened they were still struggling to figure it out right uh and and so what happens is we do the same thing and i think as we read this about saul what we see is this man was on a new mission with a new message and he had a new power and now instead of thinking outcome he was thinking obedience instead of thinking i gotta see this end result because when he went back to damascus he went back to preach there he went back to continue discipling there and god says no this is not where i want you mm-hmm. and by the power of the spirit he moved and was obedient came to jerusalem thinking okay i'm going to join the disciples and they rejected him and by the power of the spirit working through barnabas they brought him in and what do we see happening in verse 28 in verse 28 it says so he went in and out among them preaching boldly in the name of the lord and he spoke and he disputed against the hellenist but they were seeking to kill him now who were the hellenists they were the uh, they were the greek speaking jews from outside of israel they had their own little synagogues in Jerusalem during the feast time where they would congregate. And if you remember, what was the, what got Stephen in, in, in trouble? Same thing. He was going yeah. to those places, and who was the one persecuting Stephen and the other and the other? I mean, anybody who was preaching, yeah. Saul. Mm-hmm. He was probably the one leading that effort. I mean, and and now he feels compelled by his master to go back to those places it said they were going to kill him and when the brothers learned this they brought him down to caesarea and sent him off to tarsus which was his home right yeah and so they 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 said saul you need to go back home and when you go back home you just wait now we don't know exactly what they said but we know they took him to caesarea which was a port city and they put him on a boat to go to Tarsus, which was in where? Cilicia. And if you read, if you go to um, uh, over to uh, Galatians 1 first. Let's go to Galatians 1 real quick. In Galatians 1, verse 21, it says, Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. He said, this is after... You know, he goes down to Jerusalem. So he's telling about what he did. Now, over in Acts 15, 23, when the apostles are sending the letters to the Gentiles, in Acts 15, 23, it says, They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia greetings. Why were there believers in Syria and Cilicia? More than likely because Saul was evangelizing. Hmm. He was preaching. Even though he was resting, 
he never stopped being on mission and on message. Yeah. And that's what God calls us to do, too. So, All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free. That is Austin French with Freedom Hymn. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are finishing up our look at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, a lot of people don't understand that Tarsus was a. It's, it was a. It was a very uh, old and um, uh, kind of a popular city uh, of culture. Uh, a lot of mm. philosophy schools up there, mm. and uh, they were people were taught uh, legal and um, you know philosophy stuff to go argue in the city squares because that's mm. what they would do, and. Um, it wasn't like an Athens, you know, like uh, Athens was known for that, you right. know, the, all the philosophers, but it, it was still um, a, a pretty influential city, and that's where Paul grew up. And there's no coincidence that God put him there and then takes him back. And, uh, and we really, you, you don't hear about uh, Paul again uh, until chapter 11, um, where it says Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And so you don't hear about him for the next couple of chapters, uh, and we're going to see why um, next week. But uh, the thing that happened after he left and the statement Luke makes is very, uh, very very, um, well, it's unique because you don't see it in, in the New Testament where it says the church had peace. Yeah church was always being persecuted but for a time there was a period of peace there and uh so that pretty much is the text and um you know i don't know if uh, that sparks any questions in you if you're listening uh or 
or anything, but I, I think it's pretty incredible what God did with this guy who was bent on killing and persecuting Christians and then flipped him into this great advocate, preacher, pastor, teacher, theologian, church planner, missionary. I mean, my goodness, you, you, I mean, all the things that God used him to do, Yeah, uh, nobody saw any of them coming. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, obviously, um, you know, he was he was uh, a Pharisee of Pharisees on the come up in the Jewish scene, right? And um, you can tell um, just by reading um, his words in the Bible, his grasp for the Old Testament and for the scriptures. Um, and, and then in some ways you can see why he was zealous against um, Christianity, but when he, you know, when his heart hadn't been regenerated because, you know, he was so... Uh, on fire for what he thought was God, right? Or, or well, it was God's word, but you know what he thought was God's plan. And then God takes a hold of him, and it's interesting because, like he said in Galatians, he didn't go to the apostles for, uh, I guess, validation, but he went off. And and you got to think that he was grappling with um, the text there, the Old Testament there. Like, okay, how is this guy? I saw him. I know this is this, and was able to. Um, have God show him where to look um, to see the evidence of of Jesus in the Old Testament, and then, and I think that influences his his writing later, um, and in the ways that he's able to talk about the law and stuff like that, and really um, shed light on the covenant and how um, how God is working uh, in the new covenant. So uh, well, I just thought that's pretty interesting. Well, I love you know you're right. You you pointed this out, but um, when he says he was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age, he was saying, I was a head above, I'm standing above them. Uh, I was zealous for the traditions, he says. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, I'm just always struck by that statement. Um, and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son he says, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Now, that's so counterintuitive to us. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you wanted to learn how to play basketball, <laughs> you'd go to Michael Jordan. Yeah. If you wanted to learn, you know, I don't know, how to, how to play, uh, how, to, how to be a quarterback, you're, you're going to go to, um, I don't know, just pick a guy. You know, uh, what's that guy down in Tampa? Uh, <laughs> oh, Brady. That's right. Yeah, sorry. So it's hard to get past the Patriots and him, and even, he, even though he's in Florida now. Uh, but if you wanted to, you would go to the people that were the leaders that were the best, that, it, that seemed to project that. And he says, no, I went to a desert went into the desert to commune with God and it's just so counter to us we could learn we could be instructed by that it would be very instructive it should be for us that you know and I love what it says over in John um I first John um when it says you don't need any man to teach you mm. uh, we we think uh, a lot of times we think uh, if we just get the right person, then my kids will trust Christ. 
if I just get the right person, then my spouse will listen. Yeah. And we forget if you really want to try to somebody to be moved, just go to God. Go to God. Nobody influences the heart of somebody like God. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that anybody on earth does is just normally going to be in the human unless God's working through them. And I know I know people mean that. I mean, like when people like people want Billy Graham to pray for him all the time because they think he's got special prayers. But it's in the same way people went to Elijah. They knew they were a man of God and mm-hmm. they they just they just want somebody who really is connected to God. And and quite frankly, Taylor, I think it's because there's a lot of uh, false teachers. There's a lot of, uh, you know, deceivers out there. And, um, you know, I I think uh, what God says in his word, oh, we need to remember, and Paul really bought into that. He didn't need any man to teach him. He just went in the desert. Yeah, He had God's word, and he had God. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get together. The Bible says we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. God's called people to be pastors and teachers. I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do those things, but what I'm saying is it's, it's more about our internal motivation. Mm-hmm. Who do we get validation from? He wasn't looking, like you said, to get it from being around the apostles and them saying, okay, we think he's a good guy. He's right. He went to God. Yeah, and, you know, like like you said there about some people might get confused oh mate we don't need to have fellowship well no because obviously Saul then he he went away for a time to be secluded but then obviously he came back and uh had disciples planted churches and stuff like we've we've talked about before so um yeah don't get don't get confused there but it's also good to remember that sometimes god um you know we need to get alone to get with god so you know it's uh yeah so anyway just wanted to Touch on well, I, I want to give a little bit of context to what I said. When John wrote First John, he was he was writing and he was warning about antichrist, false teachers, mm-hmm. people that would come in. And it's in that context, he says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, that means like it walks with you. Wherever you go, that truth goes. I mean, you walk with it. It's part of you. He's saying, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So what he's saying is that that spirit that God gives you, um, he can take the word of God and he can instruct you as you read it. And you don't need any man. Don't think that if, if, if I'm getting something from you personally, like we're interacting and I'm getting a truth from you and I go, man, Taylor really made that great. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it wasn't Taylor. It was the Holy spirit working through Taylor mm-hmm. that used Taylor's experiences and how he communicates. But it was the Holy spirit that opened my eyes to see it without the Holy spirit opening your eyes. You can't see 
yeah. this stuff. And I, I thought even of the passage, uh, I, was, I was sharing this passage with you, I think, today, this morning, um, of, of where, as from John, where it talks about maybe, it, I think it's First John 4. Yeah, First John 4, 6. Whoever knows God listens to us, John says. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. The people who are God's people, who the Spirit is working in, they're going to be attracted to you when you're speaking truth about God. They're going to want to know that. They're going to have a desire because the Spirit is drawing them. The Spirit's opening their eyes to see, and they're wanting more. That They're feeding. And so, so anyway, we, we just have to be aware that this – new power that god is calling us to trust in works in us but it's not exclusive to us Mm -hmm. it works through others to encourage us because we're one body and we work together so just to recap real quick whenever we follow jesus and are baptized by the holy spirit god calls us to live out this new mission to proclaim a new message to trust a new power and follow a new master and the question is what master are you following whose power are you operating under what message are you giving to people and what's your mission when you wake up in the morning so uh those are good questions that we need to be asking and i know tomorrow you're going to have your dad on right yes you and anthony johnson yes so make sure you tune in me and my dad will be on tomorrow we'll be talking about a whole range of things, including his counseling. Acacia uh, counseling. Acacia counseling. That is right. So make sure you tune in he to hear more. He like oak counseling. He picked Acacia. It's hard to spell. Hey, you know my dad. Yeah. That's how he is. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.